Lefondre looking to get side of Vaughn. Lefondre away from Davis. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royals Twitter podcast. Twitter podcast? I've already said it wrong. In association with Blue Collar Street Food. I'm joined today by Matt Lansley. How are you, Matt? Not too bad, Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I've just realised I've also forgotten to introduce myself. As you might be able to tell, this is my first time hosting this post-match podcast. Uh, I'm also here with Alex. How are you, Alex? I'm not as good as either of you two, by the sounds of it, after watching watching that. I'm just very good at faking it. Um, yeah, so a 1-1 draw with QPR. There were good moments, there were bad moments. Let's start off by talking about the team sheet. Um, there were a few changes, some of them in force, some of them not. Uh, Matt, how did you feel about what Velco put out? Um, I mean, the front, pretty much the, what, about the front, the front six, you know, Rinamo, seeing Rinamo's back in the team, massive. Him and Lawrence, seeing them back in the double pivot, very happy with the front four. Obviously, seeing Ajaria back on the pitch and seeing a front four of Zhao, Ajaria, Elise and Mate, you can't really be too upset with that. You know, you look at that and you think that's, pretty much probably our strongest there you know barring swift if you're going to try and fit him in there somewhere over someone very good um then, then obviously we got wind just before the game about year being out mcintyre being out through injury i mean it it wasn't well it's it's never the nicest or the most um confidence inspiring <laughs> seeing you know gibson gibson in there homes back out to right back given what it's been like in previous weeks but I mean up top it, it looked very good so you kind of looked at that and you thought you know what I think we've still got a chance here you know as long as we can start well don't do what we did in the week concede after four minutes you know we can start building into the game Gibson would get a bit of confidence and you could kick on from there um, so yeah I wasn't overly phased it wasn't obviously the most confidence inspiring but yeah I think we'll come on to Holmes during the match, but Alex, how did you feel seeing him pre-match rather than someone like Estevez, a more natural right-back? Um, I, I think it makes sense um, to, to, to put Holmes in. It was always going to be either Holmes at right-back and Gibson at centre-back or Holmes at centre-back and Estevez at right-back. So it felt like those were one of the, pretty much the only two options we had. Um, given how we've seen Holmes play at right back this season, he's played relatively well at right back. He's definitely not at the same standards as the year done, but he's played relatively well, I think. And uh, Estevez worries me when defending. He's not a terrible defender, but he worries me. I don't know why. Um, maybe that's unfair, but I just think that it's probably the more palatable of the two options. I don't really think either of the options are particularly great, given how well Yeardum's been playing. Um, it, neither option really fills, fills anybody with confidence going into a game, but uh, it's probably the one I would have preferred to see. Well, I think uh, the change to 4-2-3-1 makes Holmes a bit more palatable. He doesn't necessarily need to be doing all that overlapping runs that we have seen from Yeardum recently. Um, and it actually meant that the team started relatively well, which is a bit surprising this year like we've tended to do uh worse in the first 15 minutes uh matt how did you feel watching that opening opening 15 you must have thought that it was going to be a good afternoon yeah i mean it was it was refreshing to see because you know how many times this year have we seen slow pedestrian starts you know um not always have they ended with goals um obviously we saw it in the week um 
when we conceded after after four minutes, it was pretty much just what we wanted to see. You know, when you see the back the back four as it was, you know, not up to full strength, you want to see a good start, and we got that. Um, you know, Ajari coming back into the team started like a man possessed. You know, we were talking about him on the watch long, um, and yeah, he's, if he can put in performances like that week on week, he's going to be such a key part of our running. Um, but yeah, you couldn't really have any complaints really with how we started. Yeah, and QPR might have come back into it a little bit, but the half kind of culminated in Ovi getting to the byline, crossing back to Elise and him firing over the bar. Um, Alex, it was a good move, right? Like, it was just the finish that was lacking. (laughs) Yeah, um, I think that kind of sums up about eight chances we had in the first half, unfortunately. But this one was definitely the worst culprit of the lot. Uh, Elise really has to hit the target as a minimum. It's, you know, a well-worked chance from Ajari, who's won the ball back really high up the field um, and got out to the byline and cut back to Elise, who's, I think, 10 yards out or so. Um, And he's just put it, he's put it as high, uh, you know, as high over the bar as he is far out, pretty much. It's, It's a really poor finish from Elise. And if he, I mean, if he, puts his knee over the ball there or he puts his foot through it and he hits the target and that's, and that's all that anybody really wants to see. I, if he doesn't score and but he works the keeper, then, you know, that's that's all you can really ask of him at that point. But, um, yeah, it's not a great finish from Elise, but a really good move from Ajaria. Um, and as Matt said, it's, Ajaria in the first 20 to 25 minutes was, was excellent and kind of one of the, um, you know, key sources of all of our chances that we had yeah i think it's interesting with elise because i have been kind of annoyed at him previously because he doesn't get into those positions necessarily he kind of likes to hang out at the wings but it was good to at least see him be in the position to take a chance like that even if this time he struck it quite as well as he could have done um so the half ended badly for reading um with the qpr goal um I think Alex, you're going to talk us through this one so that Matt doesn't get too angry. Uh, how did you see it? Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, well, let's leave Lanzi out of the conversation for a moment because uh, having heard him on the watch long, he wasn't very happy with Tom Holmes. And I can kind of see why because Tom Holmes has definitely been caught in no man's land, hasn't he? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, he's, he he's, doesn't really know whether to come towards the ball or follow the overlap. Um, and by not deciding on one or the other, he's pretty much, he might as well not be there. Um, and that, uh, at that point, if he's not, if he's not making the decision to, to either go to the man with the ball or follow the overlap, his, you know, the decision-making pretty much costs, costs us the goal because, um, his, yeah, he, he really has to choose where he's going to, like what he's going to do, um, to, to try and affect the game somewhat. I do think that Holmes is probably going to get hung out to dry a little bit by some people. Um, don't get me wrong. I do think that he definitely needs, well, he definitely will take a, a big proportion of blame for that goal. Um, there is certainly at least two, if not three players close to the ball there who should be helping Holmes in some way um, or tracking the overlap because 
he's kind of been left out on a on an island there on his own right back and don't get me wrong a good right back like Yadom would probably be able to to kind of fend that off but Holmes isn't a right back and he never has been um so it's easy to say yes Holmes is to blame but realistically I can't sit there and say it's all Holmes fault because he's not a right back and he's he's playing out of position so it's kind of to be expected that these things are going to happen at, at points. Yeah, I think that's a really crucial point. Like Tom Holmes, I think shown enough that he'll be hopefully at Reading for a while, but definitely playing in that centre-back spot. And it's the kind of goal that doesn't happen when you're a centre-back. You don't get underlapped like that. Um, so the the change at half-time was that we went to a midfield diamond. Do you think that was the right call, Matt? Like, I felt like we played okay in that first half, but uh, clearly Velko wanted to change it. Um, I think it was because Mate really didn't get into the first half at all. Um, we did play very well um, in the first half. There's no doubting that. Um, but Zhao struggled and Mate struggled. And I think if we really wanted to get back into the game, we needed those two in the game. Um, and we saw in the second half, obviously, um, both of them really get more into the game. And I, I do think that was because of the change of the system. It's easy to pin it on it. But, um, but I mean, it was the one obvious change that was made. Um, obviously, Mate then cropped up with the goal, as we'll get on to. Um, but, yeah, no, I thought I, I thought it was a very, very good decision. And um, it, it certainly paid off because, you know, we got back into the game in the end. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm on Twitter on the record saying that I thought that, that was a bad decision. So maybe I should take some some culpability there. Alex, you don't look as impressed. I mean, we created a lot of chances in the first half with Mate playing off the right. Um, and I don't think it was necessarily like, it, it felt like a bit of a panic decision because QPR had scored more than anything. Um, I don't think that, we, you know, if we'd carried on playing the same, you know, the same system in the second half as we had in the first half, I think we, we would have created chances still in the second half. Um, Maybe I'm missing a reason or maybe I'm missing something as to why we've done that apart from, you know, chance creation. Um, but I don't think that it was necessarily like needed. I think it was it, it, it worked in the end, don't get me wrong, but it, I don't think it was necessarily um, uh, the needed decision. I think it was kind of a it, it almost felt like it was a change just because we'd conceded and that was it. Yeah. And I mean, as you point out, it did work. So let's get on to the, probably the best part of the match, which is the 20, 30 minutes after half time. Um, just before we actually equalised, Moore had a goal disallowed. Matt, do you think it was offside? Um, I wasn't sure at the time. I have to say the angles we were watching it on the watch long were pretty poor, as I follow always is. Um, ref the replays weren't very good either. <laughs> um, I've seen a couple of stills afterwards. Um, at the time, I... I was baffled by what they'd given the offside for, I had to say. Um, and I'm equally as baffled having seen the stills because it looks perfectly onside. It, I just don't understand what they've what they've flagged for at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I'm glad it didn't ultimately cost us the loss, you know, in the end, um, as we showed a few minutes later. But yeah, I, I'm still as baffled now as I was during the game as to why they gave it. Yeah, I think Moore's reaction says a lot because he wasn't too angry about the offside decision. He kind of let out a little groan and, and got on with the game. Alex, did you have a different view or are you as baffled as mine? Um, 
I, I was quite baffled by the decision to begin with because to me it looks like I, I don't know the player's name. I've just been referring to him all afternoon as the player with bleach blonde hair. Um, Lyndon Dykes. Linda, is it Lyndon Dykes? I don't know why I, he's that far, that that deep. I guess he must have stayed there from the corner. But to me, it looks like more runs past him for the goal, uh, or uh, not for the goal, but for a disallowed goal. It looks like at first glance that more ran past him. I'm looking at the photo at the minute, and I, I'm. I can kind of understand the argument that maybe Moore has moved backwards as the shot's been taken. Um, but I, I think the linesman kind of guessed. Um, he's kind of guessed because he's not really sure. Because I'm not really sure how he's seen along the line with there's three QPR players there, two Reading players in front of Moore. So it feels like it's a guess and he might have got it right, he might have got it wrong, but we're never going to know because the replays are so poor, I follow. Yeah, as you both say, I follow maybe costing us uh, more insight there. Um, thankfully, it didn't cost us too much because Rino played over the top to Mate on that left-hand side who cut onto his right foot deliciously and just slid it between the keeper's legs. Uh, it's a goal that is very unlike Mate in that it used that right foot. Uh, it, it, was such a, it was such a Lucas Zhao move, that that cutback, wasn't it? It was so yeah. reminiscent of what we've seen Lucas Zhao do this season with the like cutback behind his foot. Um, it, it, I was very surprised it was uh, it was Mate doing that and not Lucas Zhao, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a very good goal. Like I thought we, as you said, had a couple of those opportunities in the first half with Mate coming off the right, but I, I'm not sure if it was just like they thought that the left centre back was more um, exploitable than the right centre back. But yeah, Matt, how did you see the goal? A brilliant piece of individual skill. <laughs> um, you know, it was it, it was it was like I say it was a it was a very good um, long long ball over to Mate. To be fair, we tried a long ball up a lot in the game, and it never really came off. We never really got over the top. Zhao wasn't able to muscle away the defender, neither was Mate. It was one time really it actually worked. Um and then yeah, I mean it's it's the weirdest thing to see actually Mate cut onto his right foot rather than trying to shoot on his left foot. Rather refreshing because it proves he can do it. You know, hopefully it gives him a bit of confidence to um do it a little bit more often maybe on his right foot. Um I might live to live to the um regret that next time he cuts onto his right and it goes towards the corner flag. Um but, <laughs> but um but but no it was just like like Alex said it was just Lucas Jaues the the little flick across to his right foot. Um Maybe he's been taking tips off him in training, um, but yeah, no, it was just it was just what we needed, you know, because the, the deflation of the the more disallowed goal, um, it could have been so easy for the players just to lose motivation at that point, play the victim card, you know, just just drop all morale really at that point. Um, but they really just almost kicked on from it, and you know, to score it was it was two minutes after. Um, it was just a great way to come back and to really get into the second half. Well, a player who was very un-Lucas Zhao was Lucas Zhao himself as he rounded the goalkeeper and Fernando Torres did wide. Um, Alex, he got in the right position, but he's got to be scoring those, right? I mean, isn't this Lucas Zhao for like the last six, eight weeks now? He's got in the right position and he's got to score and he hasn't scored. Um, yeah, he does have to score there. I don't 
think there's really any kind of like we can give him like maybe like a partial pass on maybe the ball bounced when he took it around the keeper slightly and maybe he's off balance but Lucas he's got to score like that's a that's the end of the game if he gets the goal there QPR are on the ropes and they're done for they've um you know they they looked completely all at shit all at sea sorry um when you know when we got the goal and to not score there it felt like that was probably the game um it was such a game defining moment that the fact that he's put it wide um after he's taken it around the keeper as well uh after he's taken it around the keeper and put it wide it just it basically just killed any kind of confidence i think left in the left in the team because after that point i don't really think that we created any kind of chance of no um particularly and yeah Lucas Shaw is probably the one of the players who I think is going to benefit most from having two weeks off now and not having to think about, you know, when's the next goal coming? When am I going to score? How, like, will I put this, what, like, you know, two weeks off and just being able to reset is probably the exact thing that Lucas Shaw needs, um, especially with so many fans saying, we should drop Lucas Shaw for Pushkas um, and just to make it clear we shouldn't drop Lucas Shaw for Puskas because he's our top goal scorer this season. Yeah, I mean he was talking up his chances of getting in the Portugal squad, but I think it's probably best for everyone that he just missed out to players like Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh I think we did have a couple of chances post that with um Obi Jaria crossing into Zhao and him getting a header all wrong. And then Tom Holmes, Lance's favourite player, uh shooting wide from a little mate cutback. Uh, but from there, everything did start going downhill. Uh, Willock cut in off the left-hand side, again passed from home. Um, I think it was Lyndon Dykes drew a save from Raphael. It was a good save, Matt, wasn't it? Um, yeah, again, I've, I've been um, quite quite critical of Raphael this season. I think a lot of people have. But, I mean, I think you've got to give credit for him. I think, you know, a lot of people have lambasted him after today's game because of his distribution and stuff. Like, I think I think we all know at this point, you know, about his distribution. But he, he did pretty much what he needed to do today. And that was keep us in the game at that point. It was a good save at the end of the day. You know, he kept his kept his foot there. And he never normally likes making a save with his foot either. So, it was, a, it was, it was crucial, really, at that point. You know, because I had... Well, dare we even think if QPR had scored at that point, you know, we wouldn't have had an answer, I don't think, to that. We wouldn't have been able to come back again, like we said about the Lucas Shaw chance. That would have been the game had QPR scored there and we would have lost that. You know, it's it's going to be... Um, I, think, I think a lot of people after the game have got a bit caught up, like I, like I say, in the Raphael distribution kind of conversation because I don't think he had that bad of a game, Raphael because he he did what he needed to do at the end of the day. He did what he did what he's paid to do, and that was save shots, which he did at the end. So, Alex, what do you think about Raphael's distribution? Just because, to me, it almost feels tactical that he's looking to go long all the time, and that that isn't always going to pay off. No, um, I think you only have to look at the way we scored the goal, right, which was a, a ball kind of over the top towards Mete. Um, and yes, that didn't come from Raphael, but... The, the way we're playing when we play the diamond is almost to just try and break very, very quickly with um, from either the defence or from Raphael, from, from deep. 
and not worry about playing it through the middle or playing it out wide and, and basically just putting it up on a plate to, to Mate and Zhao and hoping that one of them is able to kind of outmuscle the defender. Um, and you're right, I think that is definitely tactical that Rafael is being asked to play it long and play it at, uh, play it at certain players when we're, when we're playing two up front. Um, is, is this distribution perfect? No, but like, is it really the biggest concern? Probably not, in all honesty. I think it's important to remember as well, there was a uh, there was some very good bits of distribution from Raphael in the first half as well. Some of the throws he made out, there was one to Ijari on the left-hand side that, that, I mean, could have launched a brilliant... In the end, Ijari got, got fouled. I mean, I think they, I think it was nearly about three on three if Ijari hadn't been fouled. So there, there, there was a lot of good elements to Raphael's game. You know, I, I, like I said, I've been very critical of him this season, but I think to be critical of him after this game is just it's very harsh really I think because I, I don't think he did too much wrong today I also think that Reading have a nice history of keepers who can't kick the ball and it's good to keep that in mind um, <laughs> so just after that chance um, Velko makes a double substitution with Semedo coming on for Elise and Puskas for Zhao a lot of people post game are saying that that wasn't the right decision what do you think Alex? Um, so I've just seen the comment that uh, Panovic made about at least being tired and, you know, our approach changed and we couldn't get him on the ball enough in the second half. And I don't really understand bringing Semedo on if you're going to make this change um, because you're, you're basically saying that the system we're playing isn't working and we're not creating enough chances because to put Semedo on the field, you're then having Semedo... Rinomoto and Lauren together on the field and we've seen number of times this season we don't create anything when all three of them are on the field because we don't have enough options going forwards um, and it felt like once we made that change that we basically lost any control in the middle of the field because we didn't have we didn't have any players close enough to, to well uh, push gas I guess at that point um, and, and Mate. Um so I don't really understand the sub of bringing, I can, I, I do understand Pushkas coming on for Zhao. I think Zhao was struggling somewhat. Um, yes, he did have two or three opportunities in the game. He didn't take any of them. But um, I can understand Pushkas coming on. Semedo, I'm, I was a bit confused by, at least to replace Elise. I think if he'd come on to replace Lauren or Rinomosa, who practically had run themselves, especially Renamota, had run himself into the ground by that point. I would have understood it a lot more. Um, I just don't, it felt so much like a game that we were really pushing to win for the first 25 minutes of the second half. Um, and we've ended up like clinging on for a draw again. And it so often this season, the substitutions that Panovic is making are game momentum changing substitutions, which don't go in our favor. Um, and I, I, I just struggle to see the logic of, of the, the Semedo one today. Yeah, and I think if the reason behind it is we weren't getting Elise on the ball enough, bringing on Semedo isn't going to change that in any way. I mean, he can play those progressive passes, but I, I don't think it's his main skill. Uh, Matt, do you have a different view on the substitutions or are you in Alex's camp? Yeah, no, pretty much in Alex's camp. I can understand the the the, the Zhao one for Puskas because yeah, as as we alluded to, it wasn't it wasn't his best game. He was struggling a bit, you know, try something different. Um, and again, 
we talked about it on the watch along pretty much as the subs were or just for the, the subs were being made you know we were talking about subs to be made and we were talking about bringing Rinomoto off for for a Semedo you know if you're going to take Elise off you know you might as well as you might as well bring on an Aluko you know make it like for like keep the impetus there because it it just really took the impetus out of the game and it really swung it back in QPR's favour and like Alex said it's not the first time it's happened this season if there's probably been one criticism of Paunovic this year it's been his substitutions because there's been so many times where he's waited too long not done it correctly like like Alex said brought on the wrong um the wrong players in the wrong moments and it's swung it the wrong way and it nearly cost us today in all honesty because we were really holding on for the last 15 minutes for how good, you know, the first 70, 75 minutes were. It, it was a struggle in the last last 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I completely agree with that. <laughs> so I think we should probably look forward to the next match or not the next match, but the international break. Do you think that it's going to help Reading to reset Alex? Uh, it has to, doesn't it? If it doesn't, then Reading are going to fall out of the playoffs. Um, so the next match is Barnsley away, right? On the Friday evening after the international break. And two weeks off, being able to bring back Morrison into the team, I think is really going to help as well. Um, weirdly, just with bringing the ball forwards, as weird as that might sound. I think Morrison is missed somewhat in terms of... Um, Maybe not creativity, but in terms of bringing the ball out from the back, he's definitely the player that Paunovic has kind of turned to to do that this season. I think that will be really important that he's back in the side. I'm hoping that Zhao finds some kind of shooting boots, magic potion, don't really care what it is. Find something over the international break, which just means that he'll come back, you know, and be able to score goals at a decent rate in the, the last eight games. Um yeah, so the next game against Barnsley is just ridiculously big for the rest of the season. Yeah, so the draw today means that Bournemouth could hypothetically leapfrog us, but a win against Barnsley, whatever happens, will move us back into the playoffs. Matt, it's a huge game, right? Yeah, I mean, you can't really sugarcoat it any other way. You know, I think if if you win that, you put that in, you put yourself in a good position. Um, is it a must win i probably wouldn't say must win it's more must not lose you know because if you lose that you really you put yourself looking in and hoping other people slip up you know i think if we if as long as we get a draw there you know we're still only two points behind there's a lot that can happen we've still got the goal difference on them to go back above them i think um you know if 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 things happen obviously later in the season you know there, there'll still be seven games after that as well but it's it's a huge game it's a massive massive game it's it's a way you know we've done better away this year as well than we have at home i think so yeah i mean a win i think will really boost boost everyone's spirits after after an international break it's something that yeah get a win and we can start really looking at solid solidifying ourselves in the playoffs strangely I think we've done better in these games, which are, in inverted commas, really big games this season so far. Um, you only have to look at, like, Bournemouth away. First half, we were excellent. Um, Watford at home, we played really, really well. Um, Brentford at home, yeah, we lost eventually, but we played very well in that game for 70 minutes. Um, 
I think we've played well against the teams who are kind of in form. It's, you know, I don't want to say it's a positive that we're playing Barnsley because I would obviously prefer to be playing a, a Wickham or somebody, but it's not quite as negative as I think a lot of people want to make out um, after today. I think it's easy to look at it and say, oh, Barnsley are on this incredible run of form, but they just lost to Sheffield Wednesday at home. So, you know, it, the season's not over by any means just because we dropped points today and we've, you know, we've got eight games left and if we get 10, 12, 13 points out of those eight games, then we've got a good chance of making the playoffs still. Well, I think we'll leave it on that very upbeat message, Alex. Uh, the only Thank other you. thing to say is that uh, Velco is doing a Zoom chat hosted by uh, AD Williams and the Reading FC former Players Association on Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, you could ask him any questions that you had about today's game. It's on Wednesday. Uh, it's by donation, uh, £3, and it all goes to the Number 5 Young People charity. Um, you can get more details on their website, which I believe is readingfcformerplayers.co.uk. Um, thank you, Matt, and thank you, Alex. Um, have a good international break.